0: Hi everyone, I'm Dalen, Founder and Design Educator at Curious Core. Welcome to our Working in UX Design podcast series, where we interview a UX design leader in the industry on their experience in this emerging field. We've had UX professionals from Grab, AirAsia, Google, and more join us previously, and we're bringing you more exciting interviews this year. Stay tuned for this week's interview with our special guest who is working in UX design. Good evening everyone from Singapore here. Welcome to our monthly working in UX design webinar session. Uh, We are live right now here at 7pm in Singapore time uh, and we have a very international audience and international crowd joining us this evening. Uh, Darling in from all over the world, including Australia, Bulgaria, Hong Kong, Bolivia, and Portugal. How exciting. What an international crowd. Let me first start by introducing this program and myself. Um, I'm Dalen. I'm the founder and general manager at Curious Core, and we are a education company that focuses on helping mid-career professionals transition into the field of user experience design and product management. And today, we are actually very honoured to welcome back one of our alumni, which is Justin over here. Uh, He started with us one and a half years ago, uh, and he landed a role in Zenit, which is a Y Combinator-backed company, also a unicorn worth at least a billion dollars so it's a unicorn and it's a fast-growing company in the fintech space in indonesia but also has an office here in singapore as well so let me share a little bit about justin right he's a product designer at zendit and uh, he has been involved in various stages of the product delivery doing a lot of zero to one work for zendit so it's it's in hyper growth stage right now scaling on the b2b side B2C side, B2B to C side, and an array of different industries across multiple platforms because this is the, uh, it's a platform right that they're building to allow businesses to work together. And Justin says his best work happens when he is crafting solutions and championing human experiences in a collaborative, ambitious, and innovative team. And he's very passionate about design as well as giving back to the community so one day he asked me, Dalen, how can I give back more to the, to the community? And I said, let's do this first, right? Let's, uh, let's get you to share your wisdom uh, on this platform that we have established about two years ago during COVID. And let's get you to share your lessons that you learned personally as a designer, as well as the things that you observe as a mentor, right? So he has actually coached and mentor early-stage designers or career transitioners in the field of design by helping them to land their first role and also accelerate their growth as a designer, okay? So he has gone from being a student to being a teacher, right? And he has helped more than 50 mentees and was recognized multiple times as a super mentor on ATP lists. So it's apparently it's a top 1% recognition on this design mentorship platform, okay? So very honored and and uh, to have you back Justin and very very glad that you're one of the first few alumni uh, coming back to do this interview with us so tell me like what's the difference between a product designer and a UX designer I know the answer to that question but I think maybe it'll be nice for you to like explain to our audience here because your your title is actually a product designer it's not a, not a UX designer what After experiencing it for one and a half years, what what do you think is the definition?
1: Yeah, product designers and UX designers, um, it's one of the most commonly confused title in the design industry. Like, oh, when do I use UX? When do I use product? Or like, there's even more terms like UX, UI. Or like web developers kind of thing which related to like you know product design kind of thing but i know that the the terms is very different in terms of like hiring managers or like sometimes companies who have very little design maturity they will kind of confuse you know what this uh, title is kind of so as ux designer we, we are designers that design experience for users so it's more focused in terms of like user experience so if you can think of it in a way that the first thing that UX designers think of is uh, the users. It's really centered around the users. Whereas in product design, uh, being a product designer, when we design something, our primary goal is to solve the problems of the user. But in the process, we design this same experience that do the same, and we kind of bundle and package it in the form of a product. And uh, having this in mind, we need a thing of the product at large, uh, we need to have the skill set of a UX designer, but also you know how to think about how the product actually impacts the businesses. So mm-hmm. we have like a holistic understanding of the entire system, uh, where UX is one part of it. But we need to understand like things like the product vision, the business goals, the timeline, the strategy of how we're going to push our products. You know mm-hmm. some of the technical constraints or like even like the revenue aspects of business. So there's a lot more things to think about being a product designer, comparing it with a UX designer. Think of it in in a way that you can have the best user experience when it comes in designing a solution, but the same experience might not be like feasible to maintain and sustain. Mm -hmm. So maybe due to the effort required, or it does not generate enough revenue for the company. So it's going to die very soon as a product. the, the experience can be, you know, fantastic, right? As product designers, we need to understand every aspect of, you know, building a product and make the smart trade-off between, you know, uh what works and what, what does not work for a product.
0: I think that's a fair fair explanation. And I think you also gave us a hint earlier about a little bit about what you do more than other designers, right? Because you explained that sometimes you have to go to market, sometimes you have to think about the the growth aspects of a product what would you say is like that what's that percentage of work that you have to do that's outside of creating the best user experience
1: i think it really depends on the different stages of the design thinking process or like you know uh, the the different stages of um, your product so Mm -hmm. i i can be very heavily involved in research i can be very heavily involved in like you know the roadmap planning or like the strategy with my pms Uh, in the early stages when we are trying to launch a product. So I can't really say what's a good percentage, but okay. I can say on a day-to-day basis, uh, what we do, it's very different. Um, there's no one day we are doing the same thing. I think, yeah, there's a lot of things in terms of like learning curve uh, that, that we need to, to, you know, learn from and and really grow as designers.
0: You've been there, you've been in, in Zendit for one and a half years, you know, what uh I, I, I know I haven't seen you a lot. I know you've grown some dark eye circles. Uh that's that's all I observe physically. What is actually going on in a high growth startup?
1: Right now, I think because the market is shifting also, um, a lot of tech layoff as you guys catching up with the news. Um, so a lot of strategy is changing towards more revenue-focused kind of design strategy or like product strategy. Uh, on top of that there are multiple products you No, know, some companies are going in in, in a downsizing kind of uh, reducing headcount kind of thing so there will be times that you will be um, working on multiple ad hoc projects also so there's a lot of context switching where you know you need to get information for different products in terms of, like the users using your product in a hyper growth startup I think everything changes very fast uh, it's super fast paced things can just yeah, uh, change Okay, depending on the, the the environment also.
0: What do you love about this? Like, what do you love being in a growth environment?
1: So I, I think for me, I love uh, being a product designer in a hypergrowth startup because I learn a lot of things. I get to touch uh, on all sorts of aspects of being a product designer, not just, you know, being UX focused or like, you know, user centric. I mean, that's the core of what we do, designing for users, but at the same time, you know we are we are thinking like you know taking in data points or like you know doing some data analysis to to see what works and what what does not work, uh, what brings in uh revenue for the company. How how do we grow our product? And seeing that really is very different from just being a UX designer.
0: What do you not enjoy so much about about being in a hyper growth company? <laughs>
1: i think because for me i work kind of uh, in silos in in my product team so there's not much collaboration with other designers unless you know your pro- project or product touches on the surface of other product designers product so like let's say for for me if i need to work with onboarding for my product so i will work with the onboarding product design kind of thing so that's the only rare instances that you know you get to work with other designers uh, but mainly you're heading from the end-to-end process. So m- more or less, your time will be taken up um, just working on your product alone. In terms of like design processes, it's not fixed in stone, like comparing it with large companies who have their design process in place. And as a design team, uh, we, we are still figuring out how to go about you know, working together, collaborating with different teams, um, bring the best experience for our users, um, you know, designing in a way that uh, it's standardized across, you know, all of our products. Yeah, so I think that is one thing that really is different from, you know, working in a more mature kind of company that that it's like your, your fan companies.
0: it sounds to me like it's very fluid and i i do remember that you you told me once before that um you really like the people you work with because they are so smart it feels like you're i think i think in the first couple of months you felt like an imposter but then i said hey dude you you already got hired so just just go through with it what has been your first three months like in the company
1: oh first three months i was struggling very badly because First, I, I don't know anything about payment gateways. I needed to gain a lot more uh, context in terms of like, what I was building. I needed to understand the users. I need to understand you know, what's the business goals. I, I needed to even understand how, what a product designer do because at, at that stage, I was just uh, relatively new to, to you know, the industry also. And I was just learning the ropes a, as I go. But in terms of that, I'm quite fortunate to be in Zendit because it kind of accelerated my growth because I was doing a lot of things. I was really wearing multiple hats and, you know, trying new things. Um, In terms of like, there's no proper processes. You can be more daring and more bold in terms of like suggesting new ideas uh, or like creating workshops that, you know, uh, may work for your own products. You're taking full control and taking full charge of uh, what you're building. And that is how, you know, from uh, three months uh, lack of knowledge, Justin becomes, uh, you know, one and a half years. I won't say a guru, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but but more, it, more it expert always, in what I do.
0: We have a saying, right? Like when you work in a high growth startup, because I've been in one before and that startup is called Razor, but not really a, a, sta- a small startup anymore. They always have a joke, right? Like one year working in a startup is like three years working elsewhere, anywhere else, like in an MNC, in an SME. Like you learn so much right so would you agree with that statement like you've been there one and a half years it it feels like you work four and a half years outside
1: totally agree with that statement because i i I just had a chat with my manager also um i was just telling her it feels like i've been in the company for five years it feels like i've been building my, my product for a very long time because we we just go through you know the different waters you know year by year and and then you know Time passes so fast that you really lose track of, of you know, your, your time being a product designer in a high-growth high startup. But at the same time, uh, with that being said, as a designer uh, in a high-growth startup, you need to really take charge in terms of like your career growth, your, um, you know, career opportunities in your own uh, design team or even to really map it out on your own and be responsible for your own career.
0: And I, I think for context also like why why they say like it's three times the, the time. It's also because you work very hard, right? Like you're putting in way more hours than most people. Usually we're talking about a fifty to sixty hour work week. Is is that accurate or we're talking about more than that?
1: No, that that's accurate. Uh, I think okay. in Zendit we still have um work life balance. <laughs> okay,
0: fifty to sixty hours and then what we're also talking about is rapid iteration, right? So every yes. single thing you do is like is a lot faster, so there's no like time delay from other people. So that's why it feels very very fast. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh. So we work in like a sprint uh kind of format where you know every week is a different sprint. Uh. We need to push out our designs or like reiterations in a very rapid format.
0: So it's interesting because you you mentioned that you have to work with PNs, but sometimes you also have to take ownership. So I'm curious, you know, like when it comes to product thinking, when it comes to some of the things that PMs are supposed to do, because I used to be a PM myself, where do you draw the line with your PM? Like, it it sounds like you had to come up with a go-to-market plan. Shouldn't that be the PM's responsibility?
1: Maybe let's talk about, you know, what's the scope of a PM and a product designer in Maybe in Zendit first. So maybe the, the, the scope of the product manager, it's a lot wider in the sense that um, you need to get buy-in from stakeholders, you need to do the selling, you need to do the marketing. Mainly you are the de- decision maker, whereas a product designer, you, know, you are really in more of a focus or like a deeper focus in uh, what brings out the best experience for you know the customers so in, in terms of like product management uh product management wise it's really about you know owning that strategy owning that roadmap the scope of your 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 product you know you understand the data the success metrics that you put for your own product uh in terms of like the product designer role it's more towards like helping influence the overall product and design decisions in terms of like informing them in who our target audience is, the personas, the user flows, doing the interaction design, prototyping. I mean, there are some portions that is, if you look at it at a Venn diagram, it will be crossed together. So like things like user research and use cases and a lot of other stuff, it's it's both product managers and the product designers uh, doing the same thing. So it's really one, it's the decision maker. The other would be the influencer of the, the product decisions and design decisions.
0: I think that's a fair, fair explanation. So you said when you joined a company, you had to really kind of train yourself to think more product, right? Instead of just being like a designer designer. So maybe can you help us understand for those of us who have never built a product or managed a product before, how do you upskill yourself as a designer to be more product focused?
1: Yeah, so I I think one thing that um, Julie told, um, she's a very famous uh, VP of design in Facebook before, uh, she wrote you know, manager. She mentioned this in one of the podcasts, I think it's Lenny's podcast before, saying how do you go about um, improving on your product thinking skills would be experience, in, in your daily experience, observe and take notes of like the things that you use or the things that you go through in, in terms of like the products or the experiences that, that you're using on a day-to-day basis and understand why is it built that way. Understand, you know, who um, the product designers or product managers are targeting and how how do they go about building it? It's like working backwards and you know understanding their thought process of like, oh, why why did they put this button here? Or like even like why did Google change some of their stuff? Or like even going to a restaurant, why why do they you know, have cues in, in a way that it's uh form in a, a snake, format kind of thing? So all these little things really help you think about, well, why are people doing it in this way? Then have chats with you know people in the field of, of product design or like being a product manager kind of thing, and understand their, their uh way of thinking also. So It's really about that banter you have with other designers, other product managers to understand what their thought process is and understand how products are being built. I think that's a very good way to really improve on your product thinking skills. Understand things like uh, why certain features are built in that certain way? Is it to increase the revenue of the company? Is it to reduce mental load of the whole overall ex- experience? And mm-hmm. it will really help you, you know, push further in terms of like your your product thinking, your product strategy, you know, how do you go about building a product?
0: Yeah, it sounds a lot like critical thinking to me, which definitely I think a lot of designers can do more to to train that muscle. But I'm also aware, like when you call yourself a product designer, you're you're also somewhat responsible for the strategy, right? Whether it's the design strategy or whether it's the product strategy, you're some somewhat a co collaborator in this in this space. So how how did you actively like? build your strategic thinking or strategic mindset uh, in this case yeah. just kind of like looking back at your own experience was it true like a lot of conversations with very very smart people and then suddenly one day everything just clicked <laughs>
1: I think in, in Zendit, it's a very flat hierarchy. So you can really talk to anyone in the company. I think that's the, the pros of uh, being in a startup also. I think you have to talk to people who are in the marketing field or, or like marketing department. You need to talk to people who are in the finance department, the ops department, outside of, you know, just your product team. So you will get more understanding why are they pushing it in this way. Let's say product works closely with marketing, right? To push out a product. So you understand what's the go-to market strategy from from the marketing side, but also how can you you know help smoothen that entire process on the product side to you know have a more polished uh, or or more in a way well packaged uh, product um, that, that will be pushed out in in you know the up- upcoming uh, weeks or months.
0: It sounds like you did a lot of extra work on your own talking to different people within your organization and just trying to figure out what does the big picture kind of like look like as well. But wait, wait a minute. I mean, aren't you guys all very, very busy? Like how, how do people still give you time in and talk to you?
1: Uh, I think we just have to have to just talk to talk to each other.
0: Okay. That's that's fair. So. If I were to ask you again, like, you know, you said three months you were struggling a lot, right? Now, let's say we have someone over here who's going to join a hyper-growth startup. And maybe they are kind of like you, right, in, in your first three months or even like uh, worse off. What kind of advice or what, what, what would you tell them to do? Like, what should they be doing in their first 90 days to, to really do a good job and impress the people in their team?
1: I think set expectations uh, in terms of like your own expectations of what you want to achieve within these three months and then communicate the expectations to your manager and how, she, uh, how he or she can actually help you, you know grow as a designer or like connect you with the right people to you know, give you that that knowledge that you need to build your products. So I think that's one thing that that I feel to do <laughs> in, in, in my three months in that in so I was exploring a lot on my own. I think I have that, that fear that, you know, I don't want to let people know that I don't know w- what I'm doing. So being a new new person, you always want to prove that, oh, you can do it on your own, but don't be afraid to, you know, ask questions. Don't be afraid to, you know, go go about, really setting the expectations of, or like the goals you have within this three months, and really, um communicate that to your product team in terms of like, how do you uh, go about, you know, on on a day to day, you know, designing for a product? How do I work better with you in terms of like, you know, a designer working with a PM, a designer working with a tech tech lead. So once all those expectations are up, at least you know that, oh, you know, these are some of the things that I need to work on to actually grow as a designer. On top of that, you need to really understand your product as a whole to you know, start ramping up on, on uh, your, your user research, start understanding the users and, and then really build the product and have a lot of reiterations from there.
0: Is there anything, any book or any resources or anything that you think uh, would be immensely helpful for someone who is going to join a team like Zendit or a hyper growth startup or is going to be joining a, a, a big tech fan company. Is there any resource you would point, point them towards?
1: I think there's so many resources out there, right? Um, there's YouTube, there's uh, Medium articles. But I wouldn't specifically say uh, one, there's a one-feet-all kind of solutioning. So as you read all these articles, as you, you know, go through different design, have chats with different designers, everyone has their own solution of how they, they will, will do it. So in that sense, see what you can adapt to your current situation that you're in and apply it to, you know, whatever fits your solutioning in terms of like when you're designing something or when you're going through something.
0: Mm. Um,
1: But there are some good books um, like I have behind me. uh, Make Time uh, is one of a good book that helps me prioritize as a designer. There is hope. If you're doing like B2C product, Sprint, I think uh by Jake Knapp, also because yeah, you know, we are working in sprints, right? The Lean Startup Zero to One kind of thing by Peter Thiel. There's a lot of good books out there. So I, I can't recommend uh, a specific book right now. Okay.
0: That sounds fair You even ask your product managers for recommendations because it sounds like if, you, if you're going to become a product designer, you, you kind of need to also think like them. I have a question here from the audience and Antonia over here asks, what kind of tools are you using on a daily basis? Do you have to learn a new tool when you join Zendin?
1: I think um, for tools-wise, uh, we use a lot in terms of like Figma, FigJam. For brainstorming before Jam was uh, even out, we were using Miro bots. So anything that helps, you know, communicating or like you know, brainstorming on a daily basis. But our main tool would be Figma for UI purposes, be it you know, prototyping or like wireframing or even doing the high five designs at the end of the day.
0: Any quick comments on the acquisition of Figma?
1: Uh, we don't want to comment, <laughs> but <laughs> sure. not not um not looking forward.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah, we're we're just joking. Anyway, we we have two other questions. Uh, one is, do you have a mentor within your company?
1: I think mentor wise, it's my direct manager. Um, I think she have a strong empathy for her designers or her direct reports. She's someone very good to talk to. If I'm I'm facing any blockers, I I go straight up to her. Because she she is the head of design also. And uh she needs to, you know, ensure that the design team does well. Like what I mentioned just now. Don't be afraid to, you know, let her know, you know, any struggles kind of thing. Or let, let him or her know that you have uh you're going any uh you're having any struggles with your work or you don't understand certain things. It's a lot better if you tell her and he or she can actually um address it for you, or like find different solutions that that maybe you you wouldn't have thought of so it's more towards like a mentorship manager kind of role rather than seeing it as a, a manager that you know I think a lot of people have this perspective, uh, perception of like a uh, manager only picks on you when when you know you, you're performing badly kind of thing so yeah I, I see it otherwise I see it as an opportunity to grow and ask the right question to help me reach my own target as, as a designer.
0: So someone also asked like what are the things that you find most challenging at the moment.
1: I think keeping up with the current market. <laughs> um I think it's more towards the macroeconomics that's happening. So there's a lot of restrictions in terms of like what you can do and what you cannot do. Some things is within um not within your control. Always focus on what you can control and do the best you can in terms of like pushing our product uh at at its best form.
0: Someone asked like a, a general question. As a designer, do you you have to keep working on your product on a daily basis? Do you all ship code daily or
1: what's going on? Uh, we don't ship uh on a daily basis. So sometimes there there will be times that we are you know really understanding the users by doing interviews. Sometimes it's really about understanding product direction or like how, how we are pushing it on the next phase kind of thing. We don't do designs on a daily basis, like we don't do UI user interaction on a daily basis. How long so are, your,
0: are your sprints then?
1: It's usually two weeks.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your men- mentoring experience. I, I know that's the other part of you and you've been mentoring on ADP List for a while now and you've achieved like super mentor status. Like what do you need to do to, to get that top 1% kind of like recognition?
1: I think for me, I didn't really think so much into it. Um, I just want to genuinely help people because back then I was struggling to even find a job in UX, right? Um, I think I did uh, reach out to you and change my strategy like a couple of times or so. So uh, even before joining Curious Core, I went to other boot camps out there and there weren't a lot of career support. But right now, it's so easy to you know get a mentor um through ADP list through you know LinkedIn or wherever where you you would just reach out to people, you network with people, and you really understand their experiences and you know um try to see how you can learn from it also. So I wasn't really aiming to achieve like you know the super mentor status or like you know being the top one percent, but it's just by helping. So many designers uh, get into the field of UX or like really accelerating their careers in terms of like um, getting a promotion. So I always had this initial thinking of like having this uh, imposter syndrome when I first started like, oh, who am I to mentor someone? I kind of changed my perspective of it in terms of like seeing it in that way. I see it as like, oh, I have this kind of experiences that I can share with someone. Maybe they, they are going through a similar pathway as me. Maybe, you know, they have like similar background as me and they can learn from how I, I experience or like my pathway as a designer. So that, that was why I started mentorship. Yeah, it wasn't really to aim to achieve like a super mentor status. So.
0: Totally. And I, I think because of the fact that you've mentored so many people, I'm very curious about your what you're observing from portfolios of people who are switching into the UX uh, industry or people who are like junior UX designers. What do you notice are some of the common mistakes in, in this portfolio or in their profile?
1: I think for common mistakes wise, I don't think it's really a common mistake. But this is what a lot of bootcamps are teaching in terms of like having a linear process having a very cookie-cutter kind of process. But in real world, when you come out of uh, a bootcamp, it doesn't work that way. So it doesn't go through the five design thinking stages. It doesn't necessarily, you know, you have to face very ambiguous kind of uh, situations. So you really need to adapt and adapt and to really find something that fits your situation. A lot of times I see a lot of new designers forcing their ideas or solutions. And you can see it through the process, because like, they have a solution in mind already, just that they didn't think it through um, in between, and they are forcing, you know, oh, I need to do uh, user research. And the user research always will force in that direction of how they think, or uh, the end solution that they have in mind. Or like even when when they do you know uh, prototyping, they already have that image of what they want to design, and it's just very biased in that sense. And you can see from their research, it doesn't have that bridge or link uh, towards their end design decisions. I mean that's some some of the things that I've been seeing because we we have been learning from boot camps and or, or like from schools that oh we need to you know do the five design thinking stages, but there's a lot of times you need to think, Outside of these five design thinking stages. So even like just now I mentioned being a product designer, you need to think of like some of the metrics uh, or like you know business impacts that that your product has as a designer. You you are not just designing great experiences, you're also designing for your business, right? Without the business, without your product, you know, you even how how well you have these experiences, yeah, it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. So in in that sense, it's really seeing things um, as a whole rather than um, breaking it down, having a linear process. So that's what are some of the common mistakes or more commonly known mistakes uh, when going through a portfolio.
0: We have a related question from the audience. Natasha asked like, you know, there's a lot of designers out there. How how do I kind of stand out from these designers, like how do I show my creativity? Uh, how do I let my ideas or design solutions stand out?
1: I think uh like what I mentioned, uh what impacts, uh what what does your product impact? You know, how does it impact the business? How does it you know reach product goals or like design goals that, that you have initially stated? You know, what are some of the success metrics that that you have? On top of that, it's really about showcasing what kind of impact you have as a designer. Uh, understanding um, what kind of companies that you're going into. And then those companies have different, different types of designers that they want to hire. So let's say if uh, Daylan's hiring someone that is more of a business kind of UX strategy kind of designer. So if you are showing the five design thinking process, it doesn't work on him. Because maybe he's looking at how you can value add as a designer in terms of like what kind of impact it will bring to the business. So you need to really adapt and to see who you're interviewing with or who you, you want to join and what are they looking out for and really see how you can present your portfolio in that sense of like oh, what kind of impact or value I bring to your company.
0: I know that before you landed on Zendit, like you had a period of time where you you were just trying your best to kind of like really land on a role. I was wondering. I, I know you made some mental breakthroughs, but I'm also curious. Like, what were the things you did or adjust in order for yourself to to kind of land a role in a hyper growth startup?
1: I did a lot of tweakings in terms of like the way I uh, look for jobs. Uh, in terms of like the strategy I approach finding a job, so uh, the way I connect with people, the way I network, it's a lot different. Also, um, in terms of like tweaks on my portfolio. I see what works uh, for different companies. Uh, I, I learn from different uh, designers out there. I go through a lot of mentorship sessions also. To reiterate on my portfolio, um, there's no one proper way to go about designing a portfolio. Even for junior designers, meet designers, they have very different des- uh, portfolios out there. Like if you see senior designers, they don't even showcase a lot of their five design thinking stages. It's more towards like, showing like, what they have and what, what does it impact. Uh, in terms of like yeah, their design decisions, so yeah, I mean i I did a lot of uh reiterations on my portfolio um to to get to a hyper growth startup yeah,
0: I think uh th- that's really, really great because I think you're actually practicing what you said, right, like earlier, like Julie Jo said the best way to improve your product thinking is by observing and asking why, and you did you applied the same process to your own portfolio, you observe and you ask why. Why am I not getting the results? And then you make certain adjustments. So really classic example. Um, Someone over here asked, do you have to pick up any tech development skills in order to communicate better with your engineering team?
1: I think for us, we don't necessarily need to know a lot of the tech knowledge, but it's a plus for us to know because yeah, talking to tech leads or developers it's a lot easier if you know the technical terms. Uh, it's a lot easier to you know uh, run your, your sprints. At the same time as designers, we are more focused on you know pushing the user experience or like you know giving the product strategy or like you know working with PMs very closely. I think PMs are there um, to, to be that communicator so between designers and tech people. So yeah, it, it's not necessary. We need to know like the, the technical terms or like you know any technical knowledge. But unless you're working on a very technical product that requires you to understand like, uh, for example, API um, products. So there's a lot more technical uh, knowledge that you need to uh, brush up on because you are designing for developers. For example, it really depends on. On situation but in terms of like during the sprints and all i think the pm is there to help facilitate everything also
0: so i think one point you brought across that was very apt was you mentioned it really depends on the product that you're building right especially how technology focused your product is if it's not too technology focused maybe you can skip that phase but if it's very very tech focused, like even if you let's say your product is like ai based and even if you know nothing about ai you should also learn how it how it works in order to build a better product (laughs) there is a scenario based question from one of your juniors uh so uh let's say you're the first hire as a product designer in a tech startup and there's currently no proper design process or framework uh, which creates a lot of back and forth and misalignment within different teams. I guess his question is like what would you do, right? He's suggesting a documentation for everyone to follow uh, but what would you do in this case if there's no process or framework yet? Sounds a lot like when you're working on a team of one.
1: I think like, like what I mentioned just, now, set expectations um, to your different stakeholders I think that's very important. Communicate how do you usually work as a designer? How do you work with PMs? How do you work with tech people? That that will help, you know, under, let them understand, you know, uh your day-to-day what do you do and your processes in terms of like how do you go about thinking of designing a design uh designing a solution for for, you know, your product. At the same time because the design maturity level is uh relatively low if you are saying like oh, you know, um there's no proper design process, there's no proper framework. Um, i think it's an opportunity for you to go go ahead and try new different frameworks that fit your product. see benchmark with different companies out there in terms of like how how are they doing it in different companies and um like like i mentioned, learn from other experiences from other designers in terms of like how they run their design team and slowly you you will find ways to you know um build that maturity level in your company. And that's where you know, you slowly gain trust with your upper management and then you can do a lot more from there.
0: I want to double down on what Justin said on the trust part. I think that is super important. Like if you don't have trust with anyone you work with, (laughs) <laughs> doesn't matter what kind of process you set no one will follow it so uh yeah i think that's something to think about how how do you build trust first and how do you build trust quickly with your team so let's go back to mentorship and and mentoring you know like if someone were to come to you and and to ask you for mentor mentorship what kind of people would you like to mentor more or what kind of people you enjoy mentoring
1: I think for me, I don't really filter out who I want to mentor, but I think who I enjoy mentoring, it's really having that long-term relationship with my mentor, uh, mentees. And also in terms of like seeing how, how they, get, they are very passionate about design and how they want to grow as designers i think that is someone that that i really look forward in terms of like speaking to or like you know helping them you know grow their career so i think that that's how i see mentorship those like my mentees
0: i think it's great because you're giving back so much and i i've also directed quite a number of people to you because after <laughs> they graduate i just say go look for your senior justin <laughs> Uh, so thank you for taking them under your wing uh, and helping them out. Like it kind of work out, works out some of the kinks as well. Someone asked a related question. Like, do you think every designer needs a mentor?
1: Yeah, I think um, in terms of like, I wouldn't say just designers, but I think everyone needs a mentor. Um, it can be a life mentor. It can be you know a career mentor. It can be you know uh, your industry mentor kind of thing. Um, I think it's a lot better to have a mentor to try figuring out on your own um, because people have been there. People have experienced that, that process before. Why go through the hassle of going through the, the, the same you know, challenges when you can just ask you know how to go about doing it? Or like, how, how can you grow as a, as a designer? So yeah, I mean, in terms of mentorship, I have like career coach, I have like my design mentors, I have people who are you know, my life mentors. So it's not just about you know, having mentors for, for uh, design, uh, but more towards like, how you go about approaching um, growth um, or like have that growth mindset to continuously grow yourself because it's a lot easier working with someone else rather than working alone. Yeah. In terms of like design leaders should be mentor or not, I don't think all design leaders uh, should be mentor. Uh, it really depends on their interest. Whether they have interest in mentoring others, if they they are comfortable, even like interacting with with a mentee, they can be the the best at their work. But they can also be, you know, not very good at mentorship. So yeah, I mean, it it, it really depends on each individual whether they want to, you know, share their experiences or they want to be a mentor
0: yeah I think it's super important to have the heart for it because if you don't have the heart for it you won't do it for a long time but I also feel like the fact that you're mentoring early in in your career your u x career um also gives you an advantage in in future to be a manager right yeah because you you've really proven to others hey you have the ability to to mentor other people and help them get better so it's actually quite a a good uh, pool of evidence that you're kind of building, so that's that's really great. I'm I'm just wondering for our listeners and our audience out there, do you have any advice for your mentees and also like your would-be mentees or even to the general public who's listening to this at the moment?
1: I would say stay curious, uh, have a growth mindset. Yeah, be more open to uh, meet new people, network around. I think being new in the industry, is also a pro. Uh, uh, in that sense that people won't judge you as much. So so what if you 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 reach out to people and they, they don't connect with you. It doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. There's nothing for you to lose in, in in that sense. So continuously, you know, reach out to people, start networking, start, you know, finding mentors and really have that that growth mindset.
0: I do remember you're you're not much of an extrovert. So I want to ask you to kind of elaborate a little bit, like for those of us who are introverts here, you know, what, what advice? Because you're, you're asking me a go network, then I, like every bone in my body is saying I don't want to network. So what, what advice do you have for the introverts?
1: I think there's different ways to approach networking, right? It can not be on a, a face-to-face basis. It can be through LinkedIn. It can be through a friend kind of thing or like a referral. From, from, you know, let, let's say I asked Taylor if he knows someone in, in, in the field. So it's really about really putting yourself out there uh, and really finding the right people to guide you along the way. I forced myself to a network, so it's a very different thing for me because I know it will help me in terms of like my career growth, it will help me as a designer, so
0: I think there is. Uh, and I am sure you found a way to kind of convince yourself and, and and to manage it in a way that you at least find uh enjoyable <laughs> to do. Uh and I think I think the key here is actually consistency, right? It's not it's not so much like, hey, you know, like be extrovert for one week and, and just get it going. But actually it, it is like something you need to do quite consistently. And even something like mentoring, uh, I I think that's a way of networking as well, right? It's like you're offering your time and you're also opening up your world to to other people. And I believe um, ADP List, when you join as a mentor, you get a chance to network with the other mentors as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of opportunities to network. I think being a mentor also accelerates my career a lot in terms of like not just, you know, in the future, you're becoming a manager, but... You're learning so many different problems from your mentees. You're, you're finding different solutions for, for them. Or, like, you know, if you can clear their blocker, you're, you're like applying that in your own, you yes, know, uh, workspace also. So, in that sense, you can really uh, learn from your mentees also. So, that's yeah, there's nothing to lose uh, be- becoming a mentor uh, for me, I feel. <laughs>
0: I love that and i love the advice about staying curious because that is what we're all about <laughs> curious call so um thank you so much for taking the time off to share your wisdom and your learnings from the last one and a half years and Uh, I definitely wish you well in your career, see a lot of potential for growth and I think a lot of people are interested to reach out to you for mentorship now uh, as I'm looking at the chat uh, at the moment. So uh, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Is it Uh, it
1: LinkedIn? Yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn or find me through ADP list. Uh, Either one is fine. I will just drop my LinkedIn on
0: Thank you so much, Justin, for your time and thank you everyone for listening in and also attending this live webinar event. Uh, Next month, we'll also have another guest uh, coming in to share about his or her work experience on working in UX design. And for those of you who are new to this episode, we are about designers working in the Asia-Pacific region, right? So um, if you have anyone you'd like to recommend, just feel free to ask them to reach out to me or just come reach out to me on linkedin and meanwhile i hope you learned something new today and all the best and we'll see you in the next episode and the next session take care i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please let me know what you think get in touch with me over email at mail at curiouscore.com i would love to hear from you Do also check out our previous interviews and other free resources at CuriousCore.com. And until next time, I'll see you on the next episode. Take care and keep leaning into change.